thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Do you think you'd be happier as a boy? My mom would never allow it. That's abuse. Oh, you can hear me cry. See my dreams all die. From where you're standing on your own. Anybody who's gone through this, it's the same thing. Sweetie. Please. No, no. I need you to leave. Evie. No. Where are you getting this from? We're just masquerading. When did parents become enemy number one? This is all coming from the top, the major corporations, governments, politicians. You have a pipeline. It's also in the education system. So today we're going to talk a bit about genders. We are here to support you. to hundreds, if not thousands of parents, our stories are all the same. They told my parents if I wasn't allowed to transition, I would be at risk of suicide. This was a group where they basically gathered vulnerable children and taught them that it was us against them. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living son? That question is asked over and over again, and therapists are trained to say that. destroyed my health. Looking back, it made me feel even more hopeless. And then I felt down, I felt tired, I felt exhausted. That half of my body shakes on its own uncontrollably. I'll never be the same. I was allowed to destroy my body. They never talk about how much harm is being caused. You know Josh of Blue Club? Mm-hmm. He says our closest family are often our worst enemies. It's separating kids from their parents. The state has decided that Evan should stay at a group home for now, for his safety. We miss you so much, Evie. Yeah. Leave him alone. Like, this is the most important question. Why are they all doing this? Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 540. Streaming now on Epoch TV is Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities, a docudrama that explores the factors surrounding the recent increase of young teens embracing transgenderism and how families have been torn apart by affirmation practices embraced by educators, medical, medical practitioners, and the state. A film as heartbreaking as it is illuminating, Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities, is a must-watch about an alarmingly relevant issue. And joining me now to talk about the documentary is the film's director, Tobias Elpage. Tobias, how are you today? Yeah, it's pretty good. Thank you. Um, 
you know, having watched, we're just talking off air just then about how I've seen a number of documentaries in regards to this incredibly, um, just increasingly relevant issue that's happening right now um, in regards to um, affirmation policies, gender transformation, especially amongst kids and teens. And uh, I'm just really curious, though, a lot of what I've been watching is from the the lens of people in North America, um, uh, USA, Canada, um, yourself as a, as a person from Sweden. I'm curious as, as to what, what issue does the gen, uh, gender transformation and affirmation policies, how does it affect the, the Swedish populace in any way? Is it something that's controversial dead, something that's talked about a lot? And is it any different to what we see in North America? Are the policies the same? Uh, do the politicians react the same way? Or is it different over there compared to uh, what I've seen in America and Canada of, of late? I think, you know, Sweden is a very liberal country and uh, it's been uh, just about the same situation as in, you know, Canada and uh, the US, uh, like California, even. Um, but things started to change in 2019, for real. And that was after the Swedish state television. Actually, they had a special report called uh, something called like Mission uh, to Investigate. Um, and then they started to investigate, like it was like uh, actually four different parts of it. So it started with the first episodes, they called the trans train. And then it's the last one was called the trans children. And they all examine, you know, what happens when you start to go in the puberty blockers, when you start to, you know, take the cross hormones. But I think most of it was focused on the, the puberty blockers, actually. And they had some cases there where you actually had like, you know, one child uh, she started to to go on the puberty blockers when she was 13, and then she she kept going for four years, and um, you know that's also malpractice in one way because you're only supposed to be on in two years. But yeah, that was going on all over Sweden. It was quite common that you know they could go on for longer, and no one even cared. But uh, it showed that you know when they investigated her. And they saw that actually the bones, the bone density in her body had become so weak. She could hardly stand up for more than, you know, 15 minutes. She she got so much pain. She had you know, this very weak skeleton. Uh, so for me to see that program, it was, you know, wow, really eye opening. And also, you know, at that time when the, this last program of four was published, it made a huge change, actually, because they also uh, they were actually um, also making interviews with um, doctors at the hospitals, and they were like asking them directly, like, "What what is this? How can you go on with this?" And one of the doctors he said immediately, like, "Yeah, this is a you know chemical castration. This is this is crazy. I don't know why we're doing this." And all of this after the broadcast actually made a huge change in the in the system. So. The National Board of Welfare and uh, Health, they now made the restrictions. So in Sweden, you it's only in very excep- exceptional cases that they call it that you actually that children are prescribed the puberty blockers. But most of the, the people they have to wait until 18 or even 25. So yeah, that, that made a huge change. And now the Swedish system is much different. And I think also a lot of people here are really against, you know it being you know forced upon young people and they, i think most people agree that well they should wait until you know uh, at least 2025 how did this documentary come to you was this something that you had in development and you um came to the people at epoch tv did they come to you how did it all kind of come about that you um i managed to get this documentary together 
Yeah, so Epoch TV actually came to me and they said uh, uh, they wanted to um, ask me to, if, if there's anything I want to do in regards to transgender, that this is a very hot topic today. They wanted to investigate it further. They already have some journalists looking into this, but they didn't mention so much on what kind of angle they, they wanted me to take. They just said that mm -hmm. this is a hot topic and we have journalists uh, covering these topics. Uh, is this something you want to do? And I was like, well, it's not really my subject. I don't know so much about it. But then I, I did the research and I found these documentaries on the Swedish television. And I found a lot of other sources, uh, American sources, Swedish sources, uh, also, you know, from Netherlands where it all started. Um, and then become, you know, it's like a rabbit hole. The more you, you go, you know, into the subject, the more you understand. And it's why, why is this happening? It's a very complex, you know, subject. and. Yeah, it's like, why is this happening? This is crazy. It's a, this is really like medical malpractice on a big scale. And it's not, you know, how can people go along with this? So yeah, it really, you know, all these questions made it so much more interesting. So then I said, yes, of course, I want to do something. So I have watched a whole bunch of different documentaries in regard to the same topic. What's different in regards to your film, um, Gender Transformation, is that there are dramatic recreations about this true life case. Um, and it's, in, it's incredibly heartbreaking. Um, so Abigail Martinez is a mother and she had a daughter named um, Yali, um, and Yaeli, I should say. And um, she was transient when she was a teenager. Um, and, you know, it ended in a very kind of tragic way. Um, the thing about Abigail that's incredibly uh, remarkable about her is that she recently... Um, testified against a bill in California. Um, I don't know if you know this in California, they they have a bill where they're saying that um, if um, parents don't affirm their children's um, gender preferences, they can have their custody taken away from which I just I just think this incredibly, incredibly devastating kind of stuff. And she testified against the bill and she talked about her case, uh, her daughter's um, story as, present, as presented in your movie. Um, when it came to the part of doing dramatic uh, recreations of um, Yaeli's life, um, what, was that the something that you wanted to do early on? Is that a, a stylistic choice that you want to do that to differentiate yourself from different documentaries? Um, and what was it about Yaeli's case in particular, as opposed to the other cases um, that you touched on in your, your documentary that really stood out for you that you thought was really good um, uh, and not to be facetious anyway, really good material for the more dramatic uh, recreation uh, road? Yeah, good question. I mean, we started the documentary as a regular documentary, I would say, and we started to do interviews with some cases that we found, especially in California. And then uh, Abigail was one of those cases. And so we started to, you know, make these in-depth interviews. And after doing the interview with Abigail, we were all kind of in shock because it was such a strong, we were, you know, all of us were pretty much crying during the, you know, in the end of the interview and the, these special parts when you see speaking about the suicide and she's speaking about how all oh, the, the process is so, you know, it's, it's almost unreal because it's like, how can this happen? And at the same time, through her feelings, through her story, you, you really understand this, this has happened. And this is, Wow. And so I think that was the point when we knew this is going to be the main story, definitely. And uh, we discussed it. And 
yeah, even the cameraman uh, said, yeah, I, I also cried during that interview. So, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we all were ac- actually really on the same track. We This is something we, we should have as a main story. And then we we uh, we already had the, in mind that we we should try to make you know reenactments or, or drama, uh, and this reinforced the, the whole idea of the drama. And then we 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 thought, yeah, we should really have this drama based on her story, as you know, truthfully as possible. Abigail's um, the story of Abigail's daughter, and a lot of the other um, people uh, who um, participated in the documentary are familiar in that. A lot of times, the parents of these of these children of these teenagers are kept in the dark. They're kept at a distance. Um, authority figures who we as parents put some sort of trust in our teachers, doctors, uh, even uh, to a certain extent, uh, politicians, um, almost kind of like conspiring against the parents, um, affirming the, these children, these teenagers, and not only are they affirming them, but they are making it incredibly hard for parents in any way to be a part of the discussion. And if the parent raises any type of objections whatsoever, um, the type of um, emotional blackmail and also the um, very real legal uh, repercussions against him um, is incredibly uh, frustrating, is incredibly dangerous, I think. Um, and for someone who's speaking as a, as a parent myself, and, I'm, and I know you as a parent yourself, um, you can't help but think, geez, I hope to again for everything that nothing like that ever happened to my children and everything like that as well. And I think that's what makes this this thing, this whole kind of like um issue so relevant is because not only is it happening to the children, but there is a clear effort to separate the parent from the child. And it almost seems like a forced kind of like custody takeover where these authority figures have kind of like taking the pluck the child away from the family and put them in, in a in a different kind of like almost state-run family. Um and I'm not not to sound too uh too paranoid in the whole concept, but it's something that scares the living shit out of me. I don't know about you to us. It is. I mean that's the the you you point out the most scary thing and that is that you know it's a it's a really a you know a destruction of a family and and uh, separating the, the kids from the parents in a way that you know they they feel like the parents are against them they feel like okay they can't trust them anymore i mean that's the most fundamental trust you have in your life and your you know role models are your parents so think about it if you're like 10 11 12 years old and then suddenly you are you know role models and the ones who are supposed to you know help you in life the most they are suddenly you know against you and you you are reinforced to, to believe they are, you know, by, by teachers, by the system that, okay, they are actually against you because they don't understand. They are transphobic. And um, yeah, then then what happens is that, you know, yeah, because they, they you know, that age, if you, you get that from certain, for, for, you know, sources like the, the teachers and like other parts of society, suddenly, you know, they haven't developed maybe the critical thinking to you know to to okay but they they will be like just formed like that and that's what we see that they also the we had a really interesting interview with a psychiatrist and she said yeah it really places this wedge you know and then it becomes 
wider and wider and that's what we want to do you know that that's what we saw also in this this case with uh, abigail and her daughter that you know from the beginning they had a really great relationship and then you know step by step she's taken away from her family a really caring family you know that's what we felt with abigail she's the the best mother you can think of you know so caring so so much love she just you know don't want her her child to get hurt by this you know she she knew about it and and she didn't want them to to get hurt by it so yeah this is the 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 this is the mechanism that that's uh so hard to understand how how can how, how can we you know in 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 the western world start to to implement this kind of you know mechanisms uh and and destroy families so uh, one part of the the documentary is also actually exploring that What's the motive? How can we, you know, how can the therapist start, you know, how how have they become a part of this? How, 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 you know, and the doctors, how can they go along with this? And then the teachers. So exploring that, that, you know, it's not that everyone is conspiring, but just like you said, yeah, it, in the end, it becomes like a, <laughs> they are all working together against this. But I think they're separate, like, you know, like the therapist, it's like an environment of, Oh yeah, we sh- should really help these these children, and this is the way to do it. We're saving lives, so they are also, you know, kind of, you know, sucked into that belief system of, of yeah, we we are helping children. We are, and that's the tricky part. And, and then it's it's uh, it, it's all, and, and then you punish people who don't go along with it as well. So it's like okay, yeah, you you should do this because it's best for the children. And if you don't go along with it, yeah, then you're out. So yeah, that is it's really scary mechanisms, and that's that's why I think it's so important to, to you know to see how it works together. Yeah. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. T Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. So you were mentioning before about how you watched those um, documentaries in your, in your home of Sweden, and and I've watched a lot of different documentaries as well, and, and your documentary, the latest being that. And a lot of times when I watch these documentaries, I'm shocked by the information that's presented. There's something that's always new um, that that comes up, and something that, um, but something that is regu- regularly um, touched upon in all these documentaries is that a lot of the times these um, teenagers or children that are transient, there are underlying issues with them that the therapies really do don't even bother delving into um, because of whether it be 
personal practice in regards to affirmation policies or, or state-run laws or what have you. Um, a couple of those issues, one of them is that um, a lot of these people, at least a, a, a lot of them uh, interviewed in your documentary, had a um, history of uh, sexual abuse, uh, which went, uh, went uh, which contributed a lot to their to their gender dysphoria or body dysphoria. Um, another one that was really kind of um, shocking to me was that some of these um, uh, detransitioners spoke about how after detransitioning and going back into therapy that they were diagnosed as autistic. Um, I have a son, my oldest son is autistic, and he was diagnosed um, uh, as, as uh, having autism um, back when he was like six or seven years old. Um, and I tell you what, um, just the thought that there are children out there who could um, be autistic, but they're not um, being taken care of, and they are given puberty blockers and hormone block and all this other stuff is incredibly scary to me. I mean, is that something that you came across quite a bit as well, is that a lot of the times the underlying issues is just not looked at? And if someone like um, uh, uh, like a parent would, like Abigail, would try to press the therapist into uh, looking into those issues even further, um, then they'll be seen more as a, a troublemaker as opposed to like a caring parent who just want to get to the bottom of what's going on with their child. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, like you mentioned, autism. Yeah, that that's um, what what we now see as a big factor, actually. They are working against the, the specifically uh, the, the autists. And, and um, we have mothers who concentrate to, you know, help these autistic children so they don't get into the trans train or this this path because that's that's very very common because you know when you're autistic you you feel a little bit different from the rest of the world that's that the innate you know nature of it sorry i'm to just So you feel, you already feel that there's something different with you and the world. So there's, you have a harder time maybe to connect with others. Uh, and that then it's so easy to think, oh, it's because I'm in the wrong body or you can buy into this, you know, theory of, yeah, it's because I'm, I'm yeah, that's why I'm different because I, I really should, you know, change my gender. And you are led to that belief and, it's much easier, I think, to to you want to find a solution because you feel already, you know, different. So you want to find a solution to your problem while you're you're yeah, you're having that issue. And then you have this community that also is very welcoming to you. Um, the LBTQ, you know, community, it's very welcoming, like, oh, oh, you're different. So here we love you for your difference. So they, you you get so much celebration and so much love. Um, and so, so those factors all work together. That that's the mechanism we see, and that's that's uh, the sad part. But but because then when they regret at the moment they regret, they actually realize that this love was very conditional. Uh, because if they suddenly start to question, oh, maybe I was wrong to change my gender. Maybe I should change back. Immediately they become like outcasts. So, so it's very tricky. I think those things work together. Like you, you have all these, you know, underlying issues that make you feel like you don't belong to the world, or you feel like you're you're not happy, you're you're okay, depressed or whatever, and you want to solve it. 
and then you find this community who are helping you to solve it. Uh, so, so all this work together, and uh, also, you know, like you mentioned, the therapists are actually in, actually discouraged to not go into the underlying issues as well, and that makes it, you know, also hard to to solve these underlying issues because that's what we found with all these detransitioners. After they regret, then they want to. They, they naturally you want to find out why did you do this why did you cause so much pain to yourself and then you start to see oh yeah you they, they actually and that's the hopeful part of it because i see that all these detransitioners they actually they start to search within themselves for the reasons and then that's when they actually can become truly happy because then you see okay oh yeah it's because i have these traumas and then maybe i can solve these traumas i can work with forgiveness i can work with so then they start to work with themselves and they are you know that's what i see, see with chloe cole for example she was so happy she was like you know uh, so much more happy than than she was at that stage and that's the hopeful thing that that you know they are finding you know themselves again and they are they are you know they are through you know working with themselves working through these underlying issues it's actually uh, a very positive aspect even if it could be hard and that, and i think that's a, a message to all of us that you know working with ourselves is something positive and working with our you know bad sides and working with you know underlying issues we all have some kind of traumas maybe so you know working with them can be a very good process because whereas we we might be you know unconsciously you know doing things that that are not good for us in the long run you spoke um you mentioned the name chloe cole right there she's one of the a number of the transitioners who appear in your documentary abel garcia kat Kennison as well in the documentary um chloe is, is a remarkable young lady she's been out there really kind of advocating against uh, these um affirmation policies and, and everything that's going on in these kind of gender uh, transitions amongst some children uh, children and teenagers um when you beat uh, Chloe and Abel and, and Kat, um, what is it that you take away in meeting from them? You mentioned just before you're really impressed with the way that they um, uh, have worked on themselves and uh, and really were woke up to the um, the reality reality of the situation they were in, and that is very impressive in a lot of ways. Um, something that I think is incredibly impressive as well about them, um, and I, I don't know if you, you felt this way, is that um, despite um a lot of um vitriol put towards them and other people as well who are speaking out about this uh, position about their position um they had to they have the strength to not only talk about their experiences but they had the strength to push back against the narratives uh, that a lot of people are pushing um and they are saying we know affirmation policies are wrong we know what is happening to these children and teens are wrong because we went through it we survived it and we're here to um to tell our tale and i think that's a, a very um, impressive thing uh from these um, people uh indeed yeah i agree i mean that's something that i also really was impressed by is that they they you know choose to to put so much energy into actually you know talking about their experiences and even showing you know their vulnerabilities you know to, to show what happened to them, that they now have a hard time to pee, even to pee, you know, when their their genitals are atrophied or they had, you know, all these issues and they were so open about it. And it's all to help others. 
it's not like a selfish gain. I want to become famous or whatever. No, it's it's really they they have been through this. They really want to help others to 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 stop these atrocities, and they they are not afraid of all this hate that they are meeting because they, are, I mean, they are meeting a lot of hate, and um, that's also very impressive. That that you know, even though they have all this, they are hurt so much and they are so vulnerable, and they are still like just go out there and and just. You know, work on making a difference. Uh, that that was, yeah, it it was incredible. You um not only is the documentary now available on Epoch TV, you actually had a premiere in Manhattan in uh, on uh, June sixteenth. So that was like a couple of weeks ago. When you had your premiere there, um, what was the uh, reaction like to the documentary? And what type of uh, reaction have you gotten since the um? Uh, gender transformation documentary has uh, has uh, uh, um, premiered online. Um, have you had other parents come towards you? Have you ever other other transitioners reach out towards you? Um, I'm really curious to know what the uh, reaction has been for you. Yeah, so um, at the Manhattan Film Festival, actually, they had uh, they received a lot of uh, messages that they wanted to them to you know they asked them like how can you show something so transphobic at the festival and and things like that. Um, but they were actually, you know, they were answering in a very good uh, way. They were just like, well, we really want to stand up for, for everyone's point of view and, and we don't like to censor things. And and so, and they also said that in the beginning, before we, we they showed the film, they, they just, uh, yeah, they, they were kind of, you know, I almost felt like they were proud that they were, yeah let's stand up together against you know censorship <laughs> and uh, because this is this is what's going on and there was another documentary that got censored by the ANC um yeah. yes some month ago or two months ago um and the same mechanism they 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 as soon as they see some someone who's want to to you know expose this they they go after them and a lot of you know yeah things Mm, like like calling them transports. But yeah, and the, the other part of the question is you said um, if I had some some people reaching out to me. Yeah, I had a I I had really good uh, connection with the, the experts uh, who were in the film, and they actually one of the experts. She she just recently told me. Uh, in an email that she had so many people uh, reaching out to her and just thanking thanking uh, us for for making this documentary so that's very positive and also uh, one of the mothers she's also been Erin Friday she's been yeah very very thankful and and just you know very happy that we have something that can really you know show that this is this is not like a political issue actually this is a huge you know pure human issue it's like this is this is a it's about you you know our, our children's future and this, if it if it grows even more this is so destructive to the next generation and so so it's a good thing that we can actually put it together in a documentary that makes sense that you can see all, all this for what it is without you know Okay, trying to tell this is how this is uh, how I want you to to think. No, it's it's all up to the viewer to 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 you know get to your own understanding just to by seeing how how it plays out. So I think that's important uh, to, to you know 
when when we are clear on 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 how it works on different planes, the psychology on the, you know, and the money also. Uh, we, we also see how how can how can this play out the way it does. Yeah, of course, it's because there's a lot of you know really wealthy, uh, powerful people that that they actually they earn money from this, and it's a uh, you know. F- uh, LBTQ organizations actually working, the same people controlling the LBTQ organization are actually controlling also medical companies and you know, see all these connections and then it's like, it's even more clear. So we wanted to have that part as well to see, okay, there's always economical interest behind it. So we follow the money as well. And I think that's important. So the money never lies. If you see those connections, you can understand more clearly how we can be, how our society can be so caught up in these theories. Okay, yeah, there's another reason behind it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said in my introduction, um, gender transformation, the untold realities, this, this is a documentary that's both illuminating and heartbreaking. It speaks to the mind and to the heart as well, because um it's not only about the stories represented from the human aspect, it's also a very does so in a very incredibly clear and rational way. And I think sometimes um, when it comes to these kind of um, uh, subjects in regards to the whole uh, affirmation policies and gender tra- um, uh, transition stuff, people can get a little lost in a lot of stuff. And I think the way that it's presented and I think the way that you um, uh, presented um, Abigail's story and her story for her daughter uh, is really uh, effectively done. And, um, and I, I like very much that there were the dramatic uh, recreations were there because I think it's really good to see the story unfold in that way. It makes it all, all more powerful. And um, for everyone else listening you can watch Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities at Epoch TV. Just go to epochtv.com. Um, go there. I, I think it costs only like four bucks or something like that. You can watch the movie and in other movies as well. And I think it's an incredibly relevant film because this issue, I think, um, is really starting to come to a collision, I think, with, um, with um, both sides of the argument. And I think the more... Um, documentaries like this are presented and the more that the truth is presented and the information is very clear to see uh, which side is on the, the side of the right um the right side here um in, in regards to to this issue and um i was going to say tobias thank you so much for your time today uh thank you for your documentary um uh, you did incredibly great work here and i i, I truly appreciate the work you've done and uh, again thank you for your time and if you get another um uh, documentary or movie up in the future please reach out i'd love to talk to you again I will thank you so much, Matthew. And uh, I was, I will also like to really thank you know the Epoch Times because you know it's not a one man team, and, and they really you know um, helped me through the whole process. We had a great team in Los Angeles together with the Epoch Times, and uh, uh, they've been you know also actively working now in the with the the, uh, the you know the strategy and how to reach out and everything. So it, it's been an incredible team there, and they. You know, it's they are so uh, passionate about you know, you know, having truthful, good documentaries and also tradition. So that's their the main focus: truth and tradition. And I, I think that's what we need in the future as well. That um, you know, when you look at, you know, the we have so much you know great things in our old culture and in our old traditions. And I, I've been making TV series about that as well, you know, cultural heritage and, and so much positivity in the music and the arts that can really help us. And, and uh, 
I think that's something that you know, if we find that find that way back, I think that that will also help us encourage us and, and find strength to you know, uh, yeah, fight back what on these bad things that are going on in society, find hope. Absolutely, the more documentaries like this are made, I think I think the better, and the more spotlight put on these issues. Absolutely, and I think Tobias did a great job in doing that. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, and yeah, take care and good luck.